Hello and good evening. That was Rudimentary Peni with In Crematorium Flame. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack. Still got my awesome radio voice because I was partying too much yesterday and a little bit too much of the drinking deal. So I don't think that helps with getting better from the flu. So I've got my awesome raspy voice. So that way it sounds more punk rock that way. My website, punkrockdemo.com. Again, that's punkrockdemo.com. Our show is every Monday from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. Pacific Time, and every Tuesday from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Pacific Time. You can find all the other shows that broadcast on the station at the other times on punkrockdemo.com. Today we're going to have an interview with Angela Boatwright. She's the director from Los Punks, and I guess let's just play that right now. So here's Angela, and then we'll be back with more punk rock after that. Right here in Los Angeles with the Los Punks director, Angela Boatwright. That's your name, right? That's my name, yeah. Good job. (laughs) You directed this film called Los Punks. What's it all about? Well, it's hard to sum up in like a few sentences, but Los Punks is, as you saw, it's about the local backyard punk scene here in East L.A., Boyle Heights, and South Central. So what inspired you to do a film of the East L.A. punk scene? Well, I had some really amazing opportunities, um, and I kind of took them and decided that the story of the backyard scene would be really great. story to tell through my opportunities. When I first moved here to Los Angeles, uh, Vans pretty much asked me to do any kind of project that I wanted. And I had been uh, going to shows and learning about the scene and I thought, well, this is an amazing story and this is something that I feel is really important for people to see. So, yeah. So any particular reason you decided to choose East LA instead of like maybe downtown or San Pedro or whatever other area? Well, I mean, for a couple of reasons, you know, it's East LA, Boyle Heights and South Central, the, do- the full length documentary. I find the people that are at the backyard shows are incredibly genuine. They're not elitist. They're not, you know, for the most part, they're not haters. Um, there's a lot of drama, but it's it's contained. They're very genuine people with a lot of heart and a lot of passion. And that's what I wanted to represent. I didn't want to go to a scene where everybody was talking about what vinyl they had and, you know, making fun of people because they didn't have the newest t-shirt from a band. That, that isn't important to me. It's, it's about heart and it's about family. And I felt that East LA and Boyle Heights and South Central really portrayed that. So, so was there any particular bands that you thought were just amazing? In the scene as a whole? There's a lot of amazing bands in the scene as a whole. I, I mean, to be perfectly honest, honest with you, in my opinion, if you strap on a guitar and go out there and play for two people, for 200 people, but you give it your all, you're important. And I want people to hear what you have to say. I, I personally like really noisy music. So if there's a mosh pit, if kids are noisy, if they're screaming their heart out, I'm really, really into it. So I can't really pick, I don't want to pick one or two bands. I, I literally love the entire scene. I love the entire message. I love the fact that people get up, drag gear to shows and make it happen. Have there been any interesting occasions that you've run across while you're doing this project of yours? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most interesting? All sorts of things are interesting, you know, getting as an outsider, getting to know a scene that I didn't necessarily grow up in. You have to you have to have very open heart, open mind and open ears and you have to pay attention to what you're being told. And you have to honestly try to learn about people. You can't really put your assumptions onto another person's scene. So, you know, just spending a lot of time with people, even if we weren't filming or I wasn't taking photos and learning their stories and learning about their backgrounds and where they're from. yeah, all sorts of stuff, man. All sorts of things. <laughs> so how did you get this crew together to help you with this filming project? I got really lucky because we did the webisodes for Vans. in 2000, They came out in 2014. And they were really successful. They got a lot of love from the outside world. And, and the vice president of Vans, Doug Palladini, came to me and said, well, we want to do a full-length documentary about the scene. Are you ready to go back in and, and do more work? And I said, 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I had, the, I had the opportunity and I said, absolutely, yes, let's do it. Let's make it a bigger story, a little bit more long form. And I was, uh, you know, through, through my connections with Doug and through Vans, I was given a top tier crew to work with. Literally, like my favorite documentary editor ever edited this film, Tyler Hubby. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better editor, and he did an amazing job. Uh, our producer, Aggie Orsi, produced Dogtown Z-Boys. So I, got, I feel so lucky to have been able to have people this professional. So how long did it take for you get, to get everything together and release it finally? Los Punks, We Are All We Have, has been about a year in the making. Um, the East Los episodes was another year. So all in all, I've been working with the scene for about three years total. So are you planning on releasing this on physical media? Is it going to be on TV or what's going to happen with this film? Yeah, it will be available for everyone to to purchase and to watch very soon. I don't have any confirmation yet, so I can't really share that with you. But, you know, I, I yes, people will be able to buy it all over the world very, very shortly. And I can let you know as soon as I know for sure. Yeah, we're taking the sneak peek approach <laughs> over here. Yeah. But it's not working. <laughs> I know so, somebody told me today that they tried to bootleg it online. It, <laughs> Louis, who's in the movie, is like, I tried to find it online and bootleg it. I was like, what are you doing bootlegging my movie? What are you doing? Soon. Don't worry. Soon. So. so you've already screened it in Utah, and this is what, the second screening in Los Angeles? This is the first screening in Los Angeles. We, did the, we premiered it in Utah at a film festival called Slamdance, which was awesome. We were the highest selling film in the entire film festival. And then this is the second time we've screened it here in Los Angeles. Um, and then I'll be going to a screening next week in San Antonio, Texas at Cine Festival. And we have some other things that, again, aren't confirmed yet, but are lined up. So, I mean, I, I lived in New York City for 19 years, so I'm really crossing my fingers that we can get a lot of people to New York soon. So... So have you done documentaries in the past or is this your first one? No, I have. Actually, the way that I got this gig with Vans is I spent four years of my life uh, in personally funding my own documentary about uh, heavy metal bands that travel the world but come home with maybe 500 to $2,000 in their pocket, not enough money to put a down payment on a house or for, for rent. So that movie has not been released yet, but for four years I traveled all over the world with tons and tons of bands that you've probably heard of and, and documented them touring, and I'm still working on that now. So do you see any significant differences between the metal scene and the punk scene? Uh, here in L.A.? Well, just in general, have you noticed anything different? Well, I think I grew up a metalhead, so metal's more in my blood than punk, for sure. Metal, to me, people in heavy metal, they want to be the king of the world. They want to be on top of the mountains, screaming, all, girls crawling all over them. They want to be like Thor. They want to be a god. They want to be a giant. Punk, however, everyone's equal in punk. Everybody plays a role in punk. No one's better than another person. Everybody plays a part. So there is a vast psychological difference in the two music, two types of music, but... Um, in terms of the backyard shows here in LA, I mean, backyard shows with metal and punk, they're both fun as hell, man. They're both amazing, you know? <laughs> the thing I find the most, the funniest about those backyard shows is when they get into the mosh pit and then they have like this big old sandstorm that you can't <laughs> see. <laughs> I love sand. I love it. It makes for great photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it kind of gives it like that little fog effect you get like at those big venues. Yeah, <laughs> professional haze and fog machines are very expensive, but if you can put sand all over the floor and get everybody to kick it up, then it's, you know, it's free. Yep. <laughs> DIY fog. <laughs> so this film, any particular reason why you called it Los Punks? We are all that we have instead of a different title? Oh man, we, we were going over titles for a really long time and our editor Tyler actually came up with Los Punks, the Los Punks part. But I wanted there to be at least a little bit of Spanish in the title. Unfortunately, we couldn't title the whole thing in Spanish because we want it to be, we want to be able to 
get it to the most amount of people. So we wanted a little bit of Spanish and Los is pretty much as little as it gets. <laughs> but Tyler did come up with that and We Are All We Have actually was a suggestion, um, off the cuff suggestion, just randomly in a very candid conversation with myself and uh, the manager for the casualties, Ron Martinez. And I was telling him we were trying to figure out a title and explaining to him what the film was about. And he said, yeah, it's like We Are All We Have, which is a casualty song. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, that's perfect. And then at the very end, the vice president of Vans was like, that's the best one. He liked it the most. So, Did the casualties have any say about that? They loved it. The casualties are, are so on board with this movie. I talk to some. I talk to them every week. Various members every week. They're, we speak on social media on the phone, and they're very, very supportive about this film. They're some of the most supportive people about this film. So we, of course, when we let when we when we decided we wanted to use We Are All We Have, of course, we asked the casualties, and we wanted to make sure, and we got approval from everybody very quickly. So they're very on board with this. Yeah. Do you think that would have happened with metal if you took a song name from a metal band and say, I want this to be the movie, the title of my movie? Do you think that would fly really well, too? Yeah, totally. I mean, look, metal is my thing. I know metalheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I personally, I've, I feel like I have the ability to, to talk and explain and discuss with people. If I really wanted a title and it was a heavy metal song, um, I think we could have gotten that as well. Yeah, I didn't. I don't have a worry about that. So did you encounter any obstacles or challenges making this film happen? Yeah, every single day. It was seriously, it was like waking up and getting hit in the head with a brick every day. Like it, whether it was something really, really small, like a show was, that we were going to film was canceled or several times we went to film shows and we'd show up and then we have to move the show because the cops raided it. I, I, every day. And even, even right down to today when we had a, an issue with the sound system playing the movie, it's just all those little things can become really, really frustrating and they add up. So yeah, there were, there were lots of obstacles, but... Between myself and my team, we, we were able to solve, solve almost everything. Did you ever have any issues with people running into the camera equipment? Not really. Not really? No. Actually, no. I mean, I'd have to ask my camera operators. I didn't film the shows that much. But, you know what, we, we had skateboarding filmers do a lot of the camera operating at the mm-hmm. shows because they're used to things flying at their face. So <laughs> it worked out really well. Yeah, because yeah, usually people that film those punk shows, then they like try to get real close up on there. Yeah. They usually get smacked or run over by the people in the mosh pit. Yeah, but this might surprise people, but the punks are actually incredibly respectful to the camera operators. They, you know, a lot of times, even if I'm just at shows taking pictures, a punk will come stand next to me, maybe somebody I don't even know, and just block the pit for me. And it, it, every single show that happens, every single show. So regardless of what people think about punks, they're, they've been more than respectful and inviting and gracious to us, which is awesome. Very cool. So how did you end up finding the particular people that you wanted to put in the interviews? That was cumulative. It just was a time and a place thing. What was going on at the time we were filming and who was who was interested in being available and on board. And, and the more I got to meet people, uh, you know, some, you know, I'd ask if people wanted to be involved, they'd be excited and they, they would work or they wouldn't work. It, it literally is just a timing thing. If I did this movie again and started right now, it would be a totally different movie and I would have totally different people in it. So yeah, we had a year to do it, and whoever we knew, and the story that we saw, that's that's what we followed. So did you have any comments about the movie in general? No, I mean, yeah, but no. Mm-hmm. I, how, how long is that videotape? No, I, I'm so excited that the screening tonight for the punks went so well and so smoothly. I'm, I'm really happy. Um, I cried afterwards when I spoke to everyone. <laughs> so to me, this is a big emotional release, uh, able to show the scene, the movie that we, we made about them. And I'm really thankful that Vans was open to creating this event for everybody. And they, they really wanted to give back and make sure that everyone knew that they appreciated everyone's time. So I couldn't, I really couldn't be happier. 
especially since you were presenting it to Los Angeles and you've been filming Los Angeles for yeah. the past year. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've only lived here for four years. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I love research, and I, I've done a lot of work to learn and ask questions and to pay attention. and to. I mean, I spent two weeks just finding amazing shots of L.A. City from East L.A. and South Central. Just literally, that's all I was doing for two weeks was driving around East L.A. and South Central, trying to find the best places where you could see the city. And you'll see some of those shots in the movie. You know, it was important to me to get that perspective. So... Yeah, I, I dug real deep on this, so I'm, I'm glad everybody, I'm sure not everyone likes it, but I'm really glad that the majority of people like it. Did you catch any shots of downtown from the 6th Street Bridge? Yeah, I mean, I have a zillion, but I don't think any of those made the movie. <laughs> I know it's gone now, so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that was like the perfect place to take pictures of downtown yeah. Los Angeles because it was just right in the center. Yeah, my favorite shots of L.A. are from City Terrace and Lincoln Heights. I got a couple secret spots that I might, I might tell you about, but yeah, no, my favorite shots are absolutely from City Terrace, and a lot of the, a lot of uh, those shots from City Terrace I would take by standing on my car with a tripod on my car and putting my camera to get over a fence that was blocking the way and filming. So, yeah, luckily, I worked in uh, those downtown high rises, so I could get those up oh, above cool. shots in downtown. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So, where can people find more information about the film? Well, I run all of our social media, and I'm very uh, diligent about it. So the best place to go would be our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash losepunksfilm, and I update that very frequently. We also have an Instagram, which is at losepunksfilm, and we have a website, which is losepunksfilm.com. So between those three places, you should find out everything you need to know for sure. And then we can uh, get the more exclusive information that we couldn't discuss today on those sites. Yeah, Facebook. It hits Facebook first. Absolutely. And I post a lot of songs. I've been posting songs from the bands that have participated in the movie. So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to get more and more obscure as the movie lives longer and longer. So right now I'm just putting up the songs that are in the trailer, but I'm going to put up lots of, uh, lots of music. So. so I'm guessing the next one you're coming out with is going to be a metal documentary? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. I mean, I got to go through and work on my personal metal documentary, but we'll see. We'll see, man. There's a lot going on. <laughs> so any other things going on besides just that? Um, yeah, uh, my honestly, my biggest dream right now is, uh, you know, I'm a photographer, a career photographer. I've been shooting photos for over 25 years for, for work. Um, and I photographed a lot of the scene in addition to filming it for the movie. So my dream right now is to put out a coffee table book with all of my photographs from the scene. And that coffee table book, hopefully, if it happens, will be phenomenally more in-depth than the movie. I have a lot of really good ideas for that. Ideas that, were, that it will allow the punks to speak for themselves and write about their experiences and write about their stories in their own words and their own handwriting. So, yep. Definitely a different experience than film. Yeah. So thank you for the interview. So that was Angela from Los Punks, the director. Yes. So you've been listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration, and you can find more information about the Los Punks film at lospunksfilm.com. Is that right? Yeah, facebook.com slash lospunksfilm. Yep, and you can find more information about Punk Rock Demonstration at punkrockdemo.com.
so there's some past the acts with some get to work and you're still listening to the punk rock demonstration we've got more interviews coming up we've got an interview with frontline attack and the militia that just came through town and some revolt so check out the calendar on punkrockdemo.com to find out when those go on right now i'm going to play some more punk rock and this next set starts off with street threat they're from carson california the song is called us against the world Feel it 
which wasn't a majority It's your world And it's all in a fit I'm not a shit for your rock deals and your politics You call me an outcast because all of it And I never liked you And I don't need your economy With your simpleton views of what I'm supposed to be Filthy Mugs with Outcast, and then we heard The Fondled before that with You Smell. Corrupted Youth with Confusion was before The Fondled. Psych Ward before that with When We Die. Both those bands were on the Los Punks film, so go check that out whenever you can. I'm not sure when that's coming out on however you check it out kind of a fashion, but I saw the screening that they did out in California, and they did a couple more screenings here and there and everywhere, so... Maybe if you check out the screening when they come through your town, you can find out uh, those bands on there. But anyways, we heard Amoebix before Psych Ward. That's how it's called Knights of the Black Sun. And now we're going to take a listen to some Tres Marias. I can't ever pronounce that Tres the way you're supposed to pronounce it. But uh, you can go to the website and it's pronounced correctly there because it's a playlist. Just go on punkrockdemo.com and find the playlist for the show. This one is 521. So just find 521 and you'll find out how to pronounce that. The song is called Parade of the Parasites in Paradise. Trust me. 
There's some more liberates with We the People and then the Rogue Nations before that with Land of 10,000 Trailers, the Bad Company Project with Borderline before that. The Nimwitz was before the Bad Company Project, that song's called Killer Mind, and Zoo Party with Laying Low is Not What We Do. And I just got a voicemail on our punk rock hotline, which is at 209-980-PUNK. You can find the phone number on the website, also at punkrockdemo.com. Turns out I played a song from a band that just started up, but they didn't write that song because it turns out that there's another band with that same name. So I just thought that was interesting. So that's what happens when you listen to the punk rock demonstration. Then you start a band, you find out that that band is already existing and that um, you might have to change your name or fight the other band for your name. So... Another reason why you should listen to the Punk Rock Demonstration on our website, punkrockdemo.com. This next song is by War Machine. It's called No Heroes. Sorry, kid, on here for sleep. Sorry, kid, that your dad's a creep. Sorry, son, let me make it clear. Sorry, kid, ain't no heroes here. For the 
This is Joey from the Bricks, and you're listening to Jack with Punk Rock Demonstration.
One, two, 
There was some pistol grip with Give In, and I saw they were playing a punk rock bowling. It's amazing because they haven't played a show in a while, and maybe we'll do an interview out there. And we'll do some interviews with some bands like D-Mob and Exploited and maybe some Flogging Molly, some Subhumans, and some other bands in there that are playing a punk rock bowling. So let's see what happens and see which and how many bands we can get there this time. So before Pistol Grip, we heard One Word Solution. That song's called Problematic by Design. The Hate with Rooftops before that. And The Briggs with one of my favorite songs called Don't Care. Now here's some bad English. This song's called People Change. Figured I'd put this one on because I was talking to some people and they definitely do change. So yeah, and sometimes it's not a good thing. So here's the song People Change by The Bad English. Yeah. 
Yeah. 
some spoiler NYC with Suicide Hotel and then we heard Flatfoot 56 before that with Courage. The lower class brat with Rather Be Hated was before Flatfoot 56. Then Revenge of the Psychotronic Man with Another Way and The Destructors with Born Too Late. And we're getting close to those songs that you've never heard of before. We do that at the end of the program usually. Songs that people have never heard of because people send it in throughout the week. And usually they're bands that have just started up and they find out that their name's already taken or whatever. But these are songs that are brand new, so if you're a band and you want to get your stuff out there, you can send in music to my website, punkrockdemo.com. Again, that's punkrockdemo.com, or send me an email. The email's also on the website. I don't usually tell people what my email is on the radio because then you get spammers. Oh, wait, that's the other way around. Putting my email address on the website telling people on the radio people can't uh, just type that in because they got to use some voice translator to translate into text but on the website they can just copy and paste my email address or just get some automated way to send me spam so my website is punkrockdemo.com and you can find my email address which is punkrockdemo at yahoo.com which is not listed on there you just have to send a link through the contact page or just send it straight through the website then you won't have to use my email address so that way you don't spam me we're gonna play a uh, combat crisis right now. This song's called Your Life. Where's your life?
There's some Sayaka with Conscript Me, and then the Toy Dolls before that with Her with a Hoover. For fuck's sake, with Fashion Disorder was before the Toy Dolls, and Defied with Satellites and Epitaphs was before For Fuck's Sake. And now let's take a listen to songs we've never heard of before. Before we run out of time, this next song is by the Rotten Blue Menace, and it's called Blisters. Yes! 
Silver Shine with Please Tell Me, and then Static Fiction before that with Something Amazing, and Deposit Man with Tranny before that. And since we're running out of time, we're going to take a listen to this last song by D Mob that we may be doing an interview with at Punk Rock Bowling as well. This song is called I Can't Get an Answer, and check the website for more information on what's coming up on the Punk Rock Demonstration radio program. Website is punkrockdemo.com. I'll talk to all next Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Time.